pregnancy can often lead to an infant. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out with Helen Hall Library, a deep dive into classics, hidden gems, and new favorites all found in your library stacks. Hi, I'm Emery. I'm Emily. And I'm Meredith. And in this episode, we're having a baby. An award-winning Allison Janney is here. No, not really. We're actually just chatting about Juno from 2007 and Away We Go from 2009, two films about family, pregnancy, and aspiring to more. And we have a special guest with us, Emily, who is here to offer some balance to me and Emery. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. Lots of pressure. Uh, when I told Emery that, I was like, well, I invited Emily. She'd seen both of these movies, and she said she really enjoyed Juno. And Emery was just like, I oh, hope we don't make her cry. <laughs> or you're not. We're but really also into movies of, like, old men solving crimes and yeah. stuff. Oh, so yeah. I feel like teenagers. and I just have so much nostalgia for this movie. Like, Yeah, I can totally see that. In high school. Yeah. I can yeah. totally see that. It's good to have a different perspective. It totally it. is. It totally is. And also, in Emory, Emory had said, maybe Emily can convince us. No pressure. Oh, God, I don't <laughs> know if I can do that. Do you ever watch Columbo? No, I want it so badly. I love Peter Falk so much. Um, Okay, Away We Go from 2009, directed by Sam Mendes, starring John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Jeff Daniels, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Allison Janney, Chris Messina, and Catherine O'Hara. A couple are about to have their first child, and they must suddenly like find a new place to live after Bert, the dad's parents, like decide to move to Belgium right before the baby born so they go on a cross-country trip to try and find the perfect place to begin their family with friends and other family but in the end all they need is each other i really like hated the opening scene like mm-hmm. in bed together i was just like Ugh. i did feel a very compelling impulse i put i would love to slap him yeah yeah i like that <laughs> yeah and okay so like they bear, like, they have this like rundown trailer. The power goes out. Yeah, his like woodworking shed is in the trailer next to their bedroom. How do they have money to like do all this traveling to like Canada and Florida and Arizona? And... I feel like they sold everything. Oh, okay. So you think they like got rid of everything? And... I think they did because they drive to Florida with like all of their stuff. Okay. Right? Oh, so you think they were going to, like, we like Montreal, and then just, like, stay there. Yeah, like, maybe they would go pick up some other things or whatever, Mm -hmm. but because they're traveling around in that beat-up old Volvo, right? Is it a Volvo? Yeah, like, is it a station wagon? It's just an old Volvo. And when they're traveling, they don't have, like, their bikes or, like, anything on the top, but when they show up in Florida, they have, like, the top thing on the car Mm -hmm. that's, like, attached to it, and then, like, bikes on the back, which makes me think that their plan was just, like, sell everything, move. Okay. I will say that looking at their place, I was like, that seems like I would be freaking out if I were a pregnant woman. I'd be like, I cannot live here. Yeah. I I cannot be freezing. And then you have your baby in the freezing? Like, what? Yeah. I I don't know how people do that. Yeah. In the cold. Like, I would be... Like, how are you... How do you nest in a space that seems like a death trap? I don't don't know. Yeah. It felt very, like, hazardous to (laughs) a child. Yes. Yes, exactly. His parents... 
when they like go to dinner with them and then they're just like yeah we're moving and then it's like we'll give you the house if like we don't find any renters like i get it there's that's like their characters are supposed to be like self-centered selfish people but like just maybe it's like i would never speak to them again i'd be like we're about to have a baby and you won't just give us the house while you're out of the country for two years you know they live in like a trailer with no power <laughs> right <laughs> Just give them a house, and then the whole movie would be solved. But would they want to be there? They would have no support. They'd have that. They'd have that cool house. You could start just slowly like selling off their really expensive art. And oh know, yeah, like, that twelve thousand dollars. The Native Walmart American statue. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford a twelve thousand dollars statue, you don't need someone to rent your house. Like you, you're good. He calls the statue indigence. Yeah. yeah. He's like, in, indigence. It's very important. Or Native American. Indig- and he like does. Mm. And I was like, oh, trying to do the like white liberal, but doesn't actually know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I do love Catherine O'Hara though. Yeah. Love I, I love her, but I was like, she's always kind of the same character. Like the quirky, self-centered mom kind mm. of. So I was like, mm. Are they typecasting her, or is Maybe. that yeah? Because I also feel like Allison Janney is always like the freewheeling, like kind of alcohol wine mom, like. But she won an Oscar for being Tanya Harding's mom, yeah. who's like an abusive alcoholic, yeah. right? Maybe just an overbearing mother in general. <laughs> she just does have she does have mom vibes. Did you ever watch The West Wing? She won a whole bunch of Emmys for The West Wing. I started watching The West Wing, and then I like quickly was like, they talk too much in this show, and like stopped caring. John Krasinski, his character, his job, he just, like, talks on the phone once a day to somebody. And what is he doing? Selling insurance? Like, that's just a client that he's talking to to keep him... Yeah, I guess I so. And he's selling she- insurance to insurance companies. It sounds like underwriters for expensive things. Okay. Yeah. And he seems, like, very immature. And then he has, like, an insurance selling job, which seems like a mature person job. And then she colors, like, the medical textbook images or whatever. And I don't know. I was just like, what? What are y'all's lives? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't think they make that much. Yeah. But, okay, also his character. I hate when men say we when, like, they're talking about, like, pregnancy. Like, mm. we're expecting. We're pregnant. I'm like, you're not. You, you're not doing anything. Like, the <laughs> woman's, like, I'd be, yeah, I don't know. His character. <laughs> I will say, God love a man who just shuts up and is supportive of a woman going through a hard time while she's pregnant. But, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, like, he's just like, I'm just trying to be a cobbler. And then she's, like, the one who's pregnant. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, mm. that annoys me. I'm like, you're not pregnant, too. Yeah, she's you're not pregnant. pregnant. She's pregnant. You can go have a cocktail. Yeah. Oh, okay, funny quote. Mm. It's not like your parents are doing anything. My parents are dead, Bert. <laughs> and he's like, well, but still. <laughs> and then the whole time, she had a house that she, like, her and her sister inherited from yeah. her parents. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you living in that house? I don't... I think because there's nobody there. And but you still have wants, a house. Yeah, but I don't think memories. she wants to go back, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a house you probably don't have to, like, pay a mortgage on, maybe. Yeah. All that money you're saving, you could, like, hire a nanny. Yeah. Or go like, to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> go to therapy. Yes, exactly. Maybe that's really what the, like, away we go to therapy. Yeah, away we go. They should have gone to therapy instead of, like, traveling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then sent a lot of their friends and family to therapy as well. Oh, oh I did feel bad for the Montreal couple. Yeah. That was sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. 
there's there's something that's so sad about her dancing. It was so sad. Yeah. To, I don't know. Like, trying to, like, reclaim herself. Yeah. Womanhood. Yeah, something. but very sadly, just at this, like, bar. <laughs> Where you have amateur strip nights or something. Yeah. Who, yeah, okay, of all the couples they visited, who was your favorite and who was your least favorite? I think they're all pretty bad. Yeah. I feel like maybe the sisters Maya Rudolph's sister is like mm. the best one mm-hmm. but then like Maggie Gyllenhaal I literally wanted to like kill her oh my like, oh, gosh yeah, she's, she's so funny couldn't handle when that. she makes him put on the slippers and his have like the pointed toes <laughs> and her husband is so creepy yes. with the seahorse thing yeah and they're like totally giant shared that, bed yeah they're giant yeah. shared bed and her getting all f- freaky with them for bringing a stroller she's just like just just put it outside. I don't want to see it. Yeah. And then they like put it outside. She's like, great. Further. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Further away. <laughs> and now the mom is just like, she doesn't use a stroller. The mom who barely even knows her, like, can you can you tell us where where Ellen's She's office like, is? Oh. Oh. That one. <laughs> okay, I didn't get like the L N. Like I know the letters L N sound like Ellen. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like when she was like Ellen. And then, like, Maya Rudolph was like, oh, don't. To and I was like, wait, what? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I missed that. Like, I don't know. Unless it was just about the yeah. letters. Maya Rudolph, I love Maya Rudolph so much. Me too. She's so beautiful. Yes. And everything. She's yeah. always so beautiful. She's, like, very, like, ethereal. Yeah. Like but I don't like the voice she's doing in this. She's doing mm. this, like, weird, high-pitched, like, I don't know. It wasn't her voice. I will say this movie is like 13 years ahead of the like nomad, work from home, Mm -hmm. digital nomad. Like I just travel and Mm -hmm. do my phone calls and Mm -hmm. I don't live anywhere. Like I was like, they're kind of like ahead of the game on that one because they both work from home and it's kind of like a more newer thing with the pandemic. So it's like, that was a plus. I was like, oh, that's kind of, this could be made now and it would still make sense. It's showing people who have, whose primary jobs are basically being self-employed, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I put, does anyone in this movie, like, have a job? But it's, like, I guess they do. They just... No, I think it's, like, the movie land thing. Like, Mm. I mean, Ellen has a job as a professor. And just, like, breastfeeds her (laughs) four-year-old with her other child. With her other child in her office. That baby looked, like, her child strapped to her looked like she was choking that (laughs) I know. Like, it was just, like, flopping around. Like, I mean, it was, it was bad. And that was a weird-looking baby, too. It was just the whole thing was just very weird. (laughs) I feel like Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski's characters definitely felt like they were better than everyone else. Even though they kind of were because they weren't, like, crazy like Maggie Gyllenhaal or... But it was also kind of, like... You could tell, like, because I think the writer, it's, like, based off his real life with his girlfriend. Mm. So it was kind of just, like, he wrote them to be better than everybody else. else. Even though it's, like, you currently don't have a home. So it's... You know, I think... I was thinking about that because I saw a review. I guess, like, uh, Roger Ebert said Mm. that people... He was, like, commenting about other critics' complaints. And he said, um, you know, something about... I think he gave it, like, three and a half out of four. Uh, Yeah. Um, and he said something like, so what if they act like they're better than everyone they are or whatever? Like he was kind of dismissive of the crit- criticism or whatever. But I was thinking like, I don't think many people who choose to become parents like don't have something aspirational about it. It just seems like a dramatization of what you think. Like you see people and you're like worried that that's going to become you. And like you're having to like anchor yourself to that person. Like that's not going to be us, right? We'll do things differently, right. right? You like think like I will make better choices. 
because I don't think anybody like going into having a kid like aspires to do things worse right than the people they don't you know what I mean like than the people that they're like oh that's gonna screw up your kid we can't do that but in the moment like you probably are gonna do something that's gonna screw up your kid you know like right but it's also like how do they not have anyone in their life who's like semi-normal I guess I feel like Bert's brother is kind of normal he's just now like a single dad and things are hard for him yeah I liked him being like, can I just tell her that her mom was killed? Seems more permanent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I told her it was a five-day trip, and she's not back yet. So I don't don't believe them as family. Yeah. I don't believe Catherine O'Hara as either of their moms. Yeah. I don't... (laughs) I don't know like I don't believe the family relationship yeah. there at all but I think there's a lot of little details that I am quick to criticize in the movie about like you're saying Catherine O'Hara is not their mom or just different, yeah, like, different things but I definitely feel um, like I can relate to the kind of over exaggeration you see in other people against yourself like when you're comparing and like when they take their kids to the racetrack and they're drinking and so like pitiful about life and that whole exaggeration but you do see that in other people when you compare yourself to that and you're like okay I don't want to go there (laughs) just trying to like find yourself I guess through your personal relationships can be difficult is kind of my takeaway from that I mean other than the obvious like you know her parents have died and like his parents are like and they're trying to start this family and like the poor couple in Montreal who are just gonna adopt as many babies as they can because Mm -hmm. she's just a well of love and grief such a crushingly sad movie yeah in so many ways like this notion like where the central couple are like clinging to each other mm-hmm. to like create connection in this family they realize as they move through that they're like separate from all these people and all these people that they've had relationships with for a long time they're like suddenly coming to realize like no I can't anchor myself into <laughs> these people like all we have is each other and then ultimately it's like they still have these like a emotional senses of themselves that are very separate we are all alone like I don't know it's just very sad that's a good point it is a good uh depiction of how like shallow your personal relationships can be with people that you've known for a long mm-hmm. time or like you like yeah you go visit them one time and then you're like oh I don't have know they you. always been like yeah. that or yeah. I don't know you anymore yeah like yeah yeah have you always been this way and I'm just now realizing it. realizing that yeah, yeah that's a good point it mimics yeah. adulthood well in like yeah. trying to find your place and like languishing connections between people you've grown up with because it is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a breakup. Yes, yeah. even if it's friends or family's worse because you're like, oh, like I'm still probably gonna end up seeing them again after this horrible trip we had <laughs> visiting. Watching this movie though, I did very firmly feel that I am like a desert person watching all of the things. I was like, oh, look, that's so beautiful. It's like the sun coming up over like northern Arizona or whatever. Like, I think I need to go to that place. But they were driving to the Saguaro <laughs> Desert. It was yeah, very pretty. Yeah. So they go to Florida and the house is beautiful and it's like over this picturesque lake and like it's yeah. gorgeous. And all I could think of when they're on the porch is that they're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> I was also thinking like those stairs. I mean, I guess she grew up in that house but I was also thinking like Mike my son over the side of those stairs out into that immediately water immediately yeah, yeah yeah like I was like oh my gosh it must be so swampy and hot and they're yeah. getting eaten alive and I loved when they were visiting her sister and they're like sitting in the hotel lobby and that little boy comes up and he's like a baby and he's like baby's brave and I put a pillow on her baby 
And I thought she stopped breathing, but she didn't. But I'll try I'll again. Try again. <laughs> and the mom's just like, oh, and I'm like, you the serial killer. And she's like, we've got to go now. But like, I, that little boy was good. Like, just yeah, like, oh, yeah. Because it's like, that kid doesn't even realize what he's saying. No. Like, he's going to like one day be like, mom, you let me do a roll where I had to say I like tried to smother a baby. <laughs> that was great. That was probably honestly my favorite part. The little chub- the little chubby blonde boy that smothers me. <laughs> Looking to get away from your crazy family and friends? You don't have to uproot your life and blindly travel the country looking for the perfect place to visit. You can plan ahead by browsing the library's travel guide section. Arizona to Florida, national parks to off the beaten path, Helen Hall Library can help you get there. There's something about this movie that does not feel like it checks all the boxes for me personally, but there's something very strongly about being like, oh God, his parents are crazy. I think- Then you like walk away and you're like, oh my God, how are we crazy? (laughs) Yeah. And now that we've like talked about it, I feel like the movie maybe overall is about grief Mm. of like losing your life that you have, Mm. losing the connections you have. The grief of like Overcoming grief of yeah. going back to your like home mm-hmm. or where something dramatic happened. Yeah. And that feeling of like it feels kind of empty or didn't check all the boxes. Maybe that's like, Ugh. not to get too deep, but a little synonymous, synonymous with like how Ugh. grief feels like yeah. there's like, no completion. Ugh. <laughs> maybe it's Ugh. Hope. I'm so down. <laughs> I don't know. Is it though? It doesn't seem very with helpful. the baby on the way? Yeah. No. Yeah, but like, look at all of the look at all of the screwed up kids. Yeah, yeah. Or the kids that are doing just fine, but like parents are like struggling hardcore. Or like yeah, like the one where she's like, Al James just like Kyle, Kyle, oh, oh my Kyle, gosh. Kyle, and he's probably like, yeah, I'm ignoring you because you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. She's so mean to them. And then her daughter is like getting picked up by like two dudes and tr- two old men. <laughs> Did you tr- see that? Yeah, I didn't even know. She's in the background. So when when um when the mom is like saying bye to them like in the car, she's like. Oh, you guys have to move here. And then she comes on to... What's his name? Yeah, she tries to kiss Bert. Yes. Okay. Behind her, there are, like, two dudes. Like, old dudes. One with a a huge white beard. beard. In a truck. And her daughter is just... Her daughter, who she's been, like... She's a real butch. She's not into dudes. Is, like, leaning over, like, talking to these two guys. Just, like, she's going to get sex traffic. You need to be watching your daughter. I don't know what's happening back there, but it's not good news. (laughs) Yeah, and kind of that moment where you realize, like, oh, my family, like... Yeah, they they really suck. Yeah, they they suck, and I, like, have to, like, correct them, and they're not taking it seriously, and, like... Yeah. Also, this is just a pet peeve, but him wearing the visor during that scene really killed me because his hair is already like so flat on his head and flipped out. So I, the visor just pronounced it so much more. I yeah, I love like his like horrible like flat man <laughs> man flat un- unkept hair with just like his beard and like because I think they lived in Oregon and I was like yeah you look like an Oregon man just like wearing camo. They were like in Denver. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh. I think that's what it said uh, they're out of Denver uh, and then yeah and I was like yeah you look like a trailer woods man mm. like <laughs> I really love I really love it all the things that they put Maya Rudolph in. Mm-hmm. I love that coat that she wears repeatedly. Mm-hmm. It's a really good coat. I like the mismatch. Maybe it's because James cannot match to save his life, but there's something very endearing to me when you see a man who's dressed himself. Oh, the double plaid scene? Yes. Yeah. With the flip-flops, that yeah. did kill me a little bit. It killed, yeah. I, there, no, to me, I was just like, oh. He's like, wait, so what are we doing? She's like, you didn't read the itinerary? I, I stapled it inside your jacket. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, oh my God, like, she's about to have a baby, but she already has a baby. Like, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. That's my other thing. I'm like, oh, I don't want to end up with like a man child that you have to like take care of. Like, please yeah. be self sufficient. <sighs> oh, and everyone just keeps telling her how big she is. Oh yeah, I put that. And up. I'm like, stop saying that. Don't ever tell a pregnant woman she's big or that her face looks fat. Just don't talk about at all. Just don't talk about her yeah. body at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just ignore it. Yeah. Unless she brings it up, and then you you nod and reaffirm everything she says. Anything else? Do we do we need to do a deep dive more into Maggie Gyllenhaal? Any other comments or I, more oh, than just I her? Wikipedia like the content continuum. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and like I was reading through it, and I was like, this all makes sense. Kind of like like the concept of like, yeah, I'm gonna like hang out with my kid a lot. Yeah, because they will eventually like go off on their own and provide a loving home and everything. But I was just like, theirs seems like dysfunctional and too loving and just. But it's not really. It's not loving. It's it doesn't even like, seem loving. It just, just seems like. It feels a little, um... It's, like, fake. It's, like... Oh, yeah. It feels, like, a little, like... Just, like, her baby... Is an accessory. Is, like, being, like, wrapped too tightly and looks like he's gonna be choked by that wrap that she put around her body. It's a little, um... It feels a little stifling. Yeah. Too many pillows are gonna smother that baby <laughs> in that huge bed share situation that Maggie Gyllenhaal has created with that man. Oh, and then she's just like, we, like, express our, like, sexual love for each other, even if the kids are in the bed. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that seems abusive. Yeah. I, oh, gosh, yeah. There are so many things about, maybe because we have a, a little, and because we know other people who have littles, like, there are people who are very serious about the bed share about bed sharing mm-hmm. and and people make all the decisions when they're very little as like make or break definitions of who they are as mm-hmm. parents the way Maggie Dillenhall does like she's no longer a she is a mom who's defined herself through an approach to parenting yeah mm-hmm. there's this couple I follow on Instagram the singer of like the band Say Anything mm-hmm. and him and his wife they have like five kids oh my and, god and they do bed share yeah like the last three have been like accidents like very open like but um they have like i think like two california king beds like pressed together and they just like all are like in their bed all the time and i'm just like and then i'm like you have so many kids when they're on the bed with you all the time like how does this keep happening do you go to the car i <laughs> she's like no we don't go to the car but like, yeah everything they say is like the most offensive thing she's ever heard and i felt like this was such a spot-on criticism of like a certain type of liberalism that, that maggie gyllenhaal embodies where they say they have nothing how can you expect them to know anything it's like they have each other they, they have each other they love each other they're not idiots yeah it's like just anyway i was just like oh dear lord She's an ignorant person. He's an ignorant person. They don't have anything. Yeah. They don't know about Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah, and they just keep doing the quotes. And then, like, the Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband, he just, he's sitting there, and you can tell he's getting, like, more and more annoyed, but he, like, never says anything. It's, like, her that says it. And mm. That could be its, like, whole movie to unpack. Like. Oh, my gosh. There's just so much that... Yeah. What do you think she's a professor of? Oh, definitely, like, gender studies. Women's yes. studies. Yeah. Yes. But, like, if you tried to voice your opinion in like a learning way she'd probably just like yell at you and yeah. like tell you that you're wrong quote Simone de Beauvoir yeah. at you yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure like gender <laughs> studies and, yeah the the white man at the table quoting Alice Walker to a biracial mm. woman there's just anyway yeah. <laughs> 
And she was a little bit racist when she was saying, oh, yeah. like, oh, well, your, like, culture and background has oh, yeah. great oh. ways of mothering. And it was like... Oh, oh yeah, no. She, that's oh. what I'm talking about. That's that whole, like... Faux enlightened. How would they know? Like, being mindful of classism, but then at the same time, like, reinforcing mm-hmm. it by the exact... The thing that you say immediately after. Yeah. 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 And then, like, uh, Bert's mom is like, so how black do you think she'll be? And I was like, oh, now you sound like Prince Charles or whatever. Uh-huh. Because you're saying he said... He asked, like, Megan Markle, like, they were worried about the child's skin tone and all that stuff. And that's when they were like, yeah, we're leaving. Any last away we go thoughts? Ready to do ratings and stuff? Yeah, let's okay. do ratings. I give it, I gave it three stars just because, like, in contrast to, like, Juno, I liked it more than Oh Juno. my gosh. <laughs> um, just because it was adults. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about teenagers, really. And, like, even though a lot of it where I was like, I hate all these people and this, it was still, like, to, like, watch it and be like, I'm so glad this isn't my life. Like, uh, so I gave it a three. Um, I think while I was watching it, I was like, like, it was fine. But I feel like there's a lot to, like, pick apart. But I gave it a three. And then I recommend the Royal Tenenbaums because mm-hmm. I feel like they're a very good dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. Like, hipster family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drama and a van. And a van. Um, the Big Sick with Kumail Nanjiani. That's a really so, great recommendation. Yeah, yeah. And like that one's also where it's like based on real life and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like based on him and his wife's like real life situation. Um, I think that's on like Amazon Prime. And then Parenthood. Oh. Yeah, because like all the different, you see all the different families. And like I think like Rick Moranis's family is sort of like the continuum Maggie mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal family. But then you just have like, like Steve Martin's family. And then I don't know, and I just Keanu and Joaquin Leaf Phoenix, and mm. just oh, just love it. Good old movie. Those are my recommendations. Good one. <laughs> Sounds good. I would give Away We Go. Yeah, I give it a three. Mm. It's okay. It's definitely like a good. I feel better about myself after watching this movie. Type of sure. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I just walked away feeling really sad. Maybe I'm still unpacking that. So in that way, the movie is very. Yeah effective. I think you could have a a depth in terms of emotional conversation that we had that Mm -hmm. I was not anticipating. I really don't have many recommendations though. I was thinking about Nine Months that has Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore in it and it's more about Hugh Grant like struggling as to whether or not he should ever have like they they get pregnant and Robin Williams is there, San Francisco Hugh Mm -hmm. Grant kind of like goes, like I don't know if I want to do this. It seems really serious and then he sees like Jeff Goldblum. After he's gotten her pregnant? Yes. He sees Jeff Goldblum. They kind of separate while she's pregnant and she ends up staying with Joan Cusack who have like three or four girls and she's pregnant again with like their fourth or fifth kiddo. And so they're like, you stay with us. Like he's a loser. And he goes and like sees Jeff Goldblum's life of like perpetual bachelor. And he's like, I don't know. And they end up back together and whatever. Mm. But um, there are a lot of really good like bit performances. You know, like Robin Williams plays the OB. So I feel like I would not want him. No. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. He the <laughs> they go to the they go to his office and he's only ever done like research on primates or whatever. And so he tells her the wrong conception date. And Hugh Grant is immediately like, "And who is the father? Because I was at a conference, I was not there." And he was like, "Oh wait, I'm sorry, I had marked you down as like an orangutan or something like that. Let me recalculate." <laughs> I don't know. There's something in there about like any movie I think that has the like um, like found family, mm-hmm. like creating your own family vibe. And maybe that's what's missing from this is they end up just still only having each other at the 
yeah. end of it. So maybe it's like they didn't even end up with a. Because I think when it was like, they were like, yeah, we're going to move to Montreal. I was like, oh, that'll be like, like Melanie Linsky's really sad, but like, they'll, they'll be nice and they have all the they'll, kids and. They'll eat a lot. They'll eat pancakes with a lot of syrup. Yeah. I was it like, it'll be great. That'll be nice. And then in the end, they just still kind of end up. They're just, we uh, can yeah. deal with their sadness. Yeah. I'm just happy they got a house. Yeah. Not in the cold, <laughs> yeah. where a space heater trips off your electricity. Mm. I would also rate it a three. I think it is, like you said, easy to nitpick apart, mm -hmm. but maybe the overall message, like you said, Meredith, is maybe a little bit more emotional, um, or could be. And then movies that reminds me of are like recommendations I would have. I don't know why, but Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Just like that exaggerated characteristics of other families really reminds me of this movie and how you're with your person, like, oh my God, are we like, that we're not gonna be like that right <laughs> right and um so that movie and then another one i would think i would recommend would be um garden state because it's another Ooh, yeah. kind of like kitschy hipster finding yourself early aughts right yeah yeah zach braff yeah. florence pugh's ex-boyfriend mm -hmm. <laughs> so i think those would be mine too okay nice, nice. Juno. Juno. Juno from 2007, directed by Jason Reitman, starring Elliot Page, Michael Sarah, Jennifer Gardner, Jason Bateman, Allison Janney, and mm -hmm. J.K. Simmons. Uh, when a teen Juno gets pregnant, she decides to keep the baby and put it up for adoption. And then once she finds the perfect couple, she begins maybe getting a little too close to them, even though it's going to be a closed adoption, while also struggling with her own feelings towards her best friend and the father of of her baby, Polly Bleeker, and she's just trying to be a teen while living her quirky indie teen life in like Minnesota. So yeah, it kind of changed the teen comedy landscape for a long time. It's very iconic. Um, I know Diablo Cody recently said she wouldn't write the film now due to a lot of people feel it comes off as like anti-choice mm -hmm. and everything. So yeah, Juno. <laughs> so okay. Okay, the first thing, she like goes to get a pregnancy test and then the cashier immediately is just like, oh, you're here for your, like your third one today. And it's like, you're just yelling that in front of your whole store in this small town, just outing her in front of everybody. He's not a doctor, a pharmacist, or a librarian. Oh, yeah. He no. does not care about her privacy. At all, yeah. yeah. No. I did like Juno's bedroom when they show it is like clearly like a teenager's bedroom. Mm -hmm. So it kind of shows you like, yeah, she's not ready to have this baby the hamburger phone yeah yeah, yeah and like the she's rock like shaking poster. it to like <laughs> yeah and she's sorry like, i'm on my hamburger, hamburger phone. phone like making an abortion appointment like sorry i can't hear you on my hamburger phone it does seem really perfect that she's using a phone that she know doesn't work particularly well yeah like she's attached to the phone mm -hmm. as an object and a piece i have this hamburger phone does it work not really but i'm gonna <laughs> still use it because it's a hamburger phone yeah. seems like very much a, a teenage sentiment or something <laughs> Thing. I don't know. Yeah. Her parents are like weirdly supportive. I oh, think yeah. they're great. Yeah. Great parents. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it's very like movie world. Like, I feel like this is not our world because I'm like, I don't know. I feel like her parents would be much more angry. I love when she's talking about her mom and she's like, oh, my mom has like three replacement children. Because <laughs> I always make jokes about like replacement babies and stuff because like anytime you like find out something about a celebrity or like an artist or like some celebrity that had like, like Vincent Van Gogh's, like, 
like he was like a replacement baby like his like brother died and they just like had another one and like you're the you have to live up to this and Mm -hmm. like elvis was like a replacement baby like i don't know i just i always make jokes about like replacement babies she said her mom sends her a cactus every valentine's day and she said thanks a heap coyote ugly (laughs) this is sure to hurt less than your abandonment or whatever it's so funny (laughs) so what do you like because I think you said you went and, like, saw it with, like, a family member. Yes. And I love this movie. It is very nostalgic for mm-hmm. me. And it takes me right back to my, like, high school youth years where you just, like, feel so misunderstood. And you're, like, trying to navigate. And then everything for when I was a teenager was a crisis. Like, my best friend's not talking to me. I forgot my homework. Whatever. And I was super angsty. So I think watching someone actually go through what could be considered a real crisis and approach it with such a dry... It's sense of humor is endearing for me and um i love the lingo they use i think it's so funny and um have a lot of good memories about the movie i do i do like when she's like telling them she's pregnant and she's like in yeah and then like six months it'll be like it never happened we'll just move on with our lives and like (laughs) yeah she is so cavalier and um it's just funny like literally my biggest fear is like getting pregnant and having to give birth. Like literally, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if I could give birth. Yeah, and I think being pregnant sounds terrible. Yeah. Giving birth sounds terrible. A child. <laughs> I feel like for the rest of my life I'd be like, Oh, I had a baby. Like, uh like I don't know. It just seems it seems like repulsive. <laughs> I mean, if you were, like, literally, what's your, like, irrational, like, not bugs or anything, like, what I, like, literally, like, getting pregnant is, like... I, my, one of my biggest fears is that I will not be very old and I will, like, take too much of a medication and, like, never wake up again. Oh, my gosh. Or, like, um, which is why I have, like... McNamara? Sort yeah. Like, well, she had some non-prescribed... yeah medications or um like i'll be driving and just like have a brain hemorrhage and like crash off so mine but at least if you like went unconscious maybe you'd survive because you'd be limp maybe or i would be on the bridge out here and i would just go in the water i don't even want to be pregnant or give birth to it so it's like Oh, well, so that's, I yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> seems gross. that's totally fine. <laughs> but, um, it is, so, yeah, it she's is so... super human. Yeah. It she... is super bodily, fluidy yeah. human. Yeah, and she just seems so calm about it, and I'm like, <sighs> like, I don't know. Yeah, and you and Kelsey have definitely made me for sure, like, not, not doing that. Not... I, I thought it was going to be... So one of the things is that I felt like being like being pregnant would make me feel more feminine because I don't feel very like in touch with like my woman or whatever. So I thought it would make me better able to be more like Earth Mama or whatever. No, I'm the same person. Okay. Hmm. So you thought you'd be like Maggie Gyllenhaal? <laughs> maybe. Or that I would maybe not Maggie Gyllenhaal, maybe Maggie Gyllenhaal light or something. I don't know. I thought that I would just feel more um like carry a kiddo or whatever and um I thought that, that would make me feel more feminine or like just be in, in touch with that side of myself more but not really I told you when I gave birth I felt like John Wayne yeah. I felt like I was like slinging something and like going away in the distance or whatever like I it's felt so like, funny because like when you were at work mm. and then in, you like went home and then it was like oh my god is it happening and then Cody was like 
I just picture Meredith like riding off on a horse to go like give birth in the woods by herself. And that's funny that you felt like you were yeah. a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. No, Maybe because like, it is such a like gruel, powerful like thing you have to do. Yeah. And you just associate that like masculinity with power. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. So I guess that was the exact opposite thing of what I was trying that I, I thought that that mm-hmm. experience might provide for me. I mean, that's not the only reason, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, like, <laughs> I just had a baby because I wanted to be more in touch with my feminist. Yeah, no, that was not the only reason, obviously. <laughs> but I thought that that would be like a, an added bonus or whatever. I feel like in Juno, Jennifer Garner's character mm. is a lot like Melanie Linsky's oh, character. Yeah. Just like yeah. full of love, but very sad. And yes. Just, she's like very scared that like Juno is going to back out and it's not going to happen again. Mm. And, and then the dad is just kind of like, yeah, I just watch horror movies and I, I wish I was in my band. Jason Bateman does a perfect job yeah. convincing you he's like um like a melodramatic kind of father to be. Yeah. He's a teenager. He's a teenager. That's why they get along so well. Yeah. yeah. Like I put in my notes like the best part of the entire movie for me is Juno and Mark talking about Dario Argento Gento. and like Herschel Gordon Lewis like horror movies mm-hmm. and just like talking about punk music. Yeah and it's like I love when she rips Sonic Youth. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, he's supposed to be, like, the father of this baby. And she, I feel like Juno doesn't connect a lot with all the characters in the movie, mm. but she connects with, like, the guy who's supposed to, like, adopt her baby, mm-hmm. who's, like, a grown man, and then he, they end up getting a divorce, and he's gonna go live in a loft, and Jennifer Gardner's gonna do it all by herself. And... I don't understand. I mean, I know that Juno has that moment where she, she sees Vanessa playing with a little girl or whatever, and she's like, oh, and then, like, that moment really awkward scene where she's like talking to her belly or whatever but I don't like stuff like that too either I'm like put your belly away don't touch it but when she has that moment with her and I guess she like figures out like oh like she is in love with this baby she hasn't even met and like that's what needs to happen or whatever like you kind of get that feeling Mm. but I'm not convinced that what is it about the relationship that that Juno has with her or is it just out of her disgust with him that she's like if you're still in it I'm in it like why would she like just oh I think maybe she's trying to say like even if you get divorced I know but why would like if you still like you're gonna love like she knows Jennifer Gardner's gonna love the baby I guess in that way it gets her back to what she really wanted which was a closed adoption where she doesn't have to know anything if she's connected to him and she has a connection with him and he sticks around she's always probably gonna want to come over and watch a Dario. Yeah, and I think like or whatever. People keep telling her that. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't just show up at their house and yeah. she's like, well Mark, Mark's really cool and it's like you well you need to stop doing that. Like but yeah. is Vanessa like that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah and I, I yeah I think she just knows maybe that like Vanessa can do it without Mark and she's not gonna back out on Vanessa. She's already kind of doing it without Mark. Yeah. There is one moment though she's like what you're gonna be a rock star and she says that in such a dismissive way. I just want to be like, well, I mean, his music did pay for your kitchen. But that's like his jingle music, not his rock star music. Sure, but if you're making money like that from jingles, I mean, you might not make as much, but just seemed real mean. Mm. Hit him where it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed real spiteful. Michael Sarah in this. Mm. So there's like, at the beginning, it's like the montage. He puts like deodorant on his thighs. Yes. To run. But I was like, I'm sorry, but that man's thighs have never touched each other. In no. Thighs. Like, his thighs have <laughs> no. never met. Is so that why, why does he need deodorant on his thighs? Is that why he was doing it? I, I was like, why so. is he doing that? Why is he putting deodorant? That's what I It's like so. a skin glide. So you don't Yeah. Chafe. So you don't get like, um, I used to do that a lot before I realized like, 
oh, I could just wear shorts under my dresses and stuff. Oh. Yeah, if you like put deodorant on, it makes it very like smooth and you don't get like, yeah, thigh rash from your thighs hitting each other. But his thighs have never, his thigh doesn't even know there's another thigh. His legs are so skinny. Like he doesn't need that. I do love the, I do love a man who can pull off the sweat wristbands, sweatband. Short headband. shorts. <laughs> yeah. And then Juno's like, oh, Bleeker is like the coolest person I've ever met. And I'm like, he's like a bland piece of toast. Like, and I, he's he, really, Michael Sarah's really boring in this movie. The character itself is yeah, really so boring. Yeah, so it's like, it didn't even show us that Bleaker Bleaker's super cool because I don't think Bleaker is very cool at all. Even if he, Maybe even if he were like unconscious, like even if he were like not typically cool mm -hmm. or whatever, but he was just like comfortable in his own skin as being like, like there's a part of Juno that like she cares, but like she doesn't care. If he was more like that, even mm -hmm. if he didn't like cool things, he mm -hmm. would seem a lot cooler. He does not seem yeah cool in any way. I think some people like like dorky and they think that's cool and yeah, but he doesn't see. That's what I mean. Like if he were more self possessed about the dorky maybe even he just seems a little clueless mm. his mom yeah. Yeah. Talks about his mom and i think they like kept it from his mom like mm. his mom doesn't know that he's the father how does that work yeah because i'm like would you know like wouldn't you be like i think him and juno hooked up but i mean i guess that was nice of her to like make sure his mom didn't find out but <laughs> then he's just carrying around that knowledge for the rest of his life because he's not <laughs> <had> a kid <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I just I don't care about teenagers. <laughs> like, One thing that I will say is that this time period, the low-slung jeans that only really tiny people can wear, like this entire time watching this movie and just seeing Juno, tiny little pants. Even when even when Juno's pregnant, tiny little pants. And Alice and Janie like makes... Oh, I like the... I really like the um, Juno's family versus like Vanessa's home is like one of those like rich people. Everything's very like white. And clean and mm -hmm. there's not really a ton of personal stuff around and Jason Bateman has his little closet that that looks more like a normal home mm. but then like Juno's house is like very lived in yes and then like Alice and Janie is like making the maternity clothes yes. and like the cross stitching of the dogs yes yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the baby's gonna end up in like a, a more upper class than Juno and mm. just like yeah they're very like working class and Vanessa has like was it like a maternity like what she say like like yeah. attorney but like something up like maternity I don't know yeah they have like an attorney and their house is big and yeah I like the difference. What does Vanessa do? Do we ever find out what she does? I don't. No, I don't think so. so. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how they live in that house. Yeah, I guess the jingles. Yeah, but she's gone to work. Where do they live? Saint Paul. Saint Cloud. Saint Cloud. Is that a expensive area? I don't know. I don't know. If it's Minnesota, it's probably not. Like, not... I don't know. I don't know. How many times have you seen Juno? More than 10, at least. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I've seen, like, bits and pieces on, like, TV, but this is my first time, like, watching it all the way through. I'm surprised y'all don't like it more. Not that it's bad, but I just think it's such an endearing, like, little coming-of-age, quirky movie. And I feel like talking about it, I've realized it's actually just a little bit more sad than I realized at, like, you know, 14. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something about it. I have a a love-hate really. I think because I never really felt like I 
fit in very well and like a glam and anytime like the the quirky offbeat person was like glamorized in a way that seemed really unrealistic to me always kind of bit me the wrong way Mm. a little bit you know like i think we're the like not angsty but like we're the counter like culture or like the yeah look at those fun freewheeling people over over there it's real great that you can carry around that uh smoking pipe and wear mismatched clothes and everybody thinks that's so cool where were all those people when you know when i was wearing vintage clothes telling me that i couldn't shop at a nice store maybe yeah maybe that's what it is i don't know like there's just something about it that i'm just like oh yeah i think it's me trying to be too cool maybe i'm I'm above it all I don't know you were talking about it being really verbal yeah i don't really yeah sometimes movies just talk too much <laughs> like aaron sorkin movies mm. sometimes i'm just like just, just be quiet I'm, I'm so tired why is this movie making me tired yeah yeah or, like, I can... you don't have time to recover and then like like they like say some joke and then by the time you like get it and then it's you're like, like okay and then there's like another one and then you're like oh. There's not like a pause. There's not a breath. Um, Oh, there's a part in the background where she's like, she's talking about the jock has a crush on her because she's the weird girl. But he should have the crush on the cheerleader, but the cheerleader's like into the frumpy old teacher. She's talking to the teacher and then the cheerleader's like, me too. I love Woody Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Like like that made me laugh. Like some of the background stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Also, I feel like this movie movie's kind of like anti-doctor anti-medicine like mm. like Alice and Janie like yells at the ultrasound lady mm-hmm. and then like someone else like there's another part towards the beginning like every time they're in like a situation with like doctors or like medical people they're like they either yell at them or they're like condescending towards them or they're like oh the doctor didn't know what they were talking about and I'm just like what? what's up with that <laughs> mm. yeah I don't know and like yeah when she goes to like the abortion clinic the girl's just like on the phone and she's just like doesn't care really and i don't know it's just and she said we're women are trusted friends show us your hands yeah <laughs> yeah she's like yeah we're women are trusted friends put your hands up <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if that's more indicative of like you know like her dad is like a tradesman or whatever mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's just maybe they just it's they, setting something up in terms of them just having more combative relationships with yeah some or they yeah. view them as like an upper class yeah like job. you think you have authority you don't have authority when when your toilet breaks who are you gonna call yeah you know, I don't know. Like maybe there's something that's a little bit of like a chip on their shoulder or something. I don't know. Because especially with that with that woman who's the who's the uh, ultrasound technician, she's like, "Well, I'm a nail technician. You're just a technician. Yeah, she's I mean, not a doctor. Abused you're not a <laughs> you're not a social worker. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. She's like, yeah, like my three year old who's not that bright could do this. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I did like their family dynamic yeah. and yeah, just like the working class and the dad maybe maybe a little aloof but like loves his daughter a lot and like mm-hmm. goes with her to meet the family to make sure mm-hmm. the bunch of weirdos aren't right. the ones getting the baby or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I mean I did not take a lot of notes. Yeah. I kinda stopped taking notes. Yeah, kind of like also yeah, it's like too fast to take notes. You're like, Oh, okay, miss that joke. <laughs> uh, okay, miss that one. <laughs> But yeah, I do remember like the stronghold Juno had 
on everyone when yeah. it came out. And I was, Wikipedia said that there was, like, a phenomenon afterwards where, like, a bunch of teens got pregnant, like, the year after this movie came out. And Interesting. Were, yeah, and they were, like, saying it was because of Juno. Like, Didn't it coincide with, like, Teen Mom and 16 yeah, Pregnant? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So early 2000s had, like, a Teen Mom thing going on. Are you a quirky, misunderstood teenager? Do you like watching horror films and listening to obscure punk music because you're a hipster like Juno? Don't hang out with middle-aged men who are adopting your baby. Visit Helen Hall Library's Teen Room and make new friends at the library's many teen programs. From writers clubs to Super Smash Brothers tournaments, Teen Services has got you covered. Okay, well, any other thoughts, feelings, Juno? Do you want to try and convert us? You want to wrap it? Wrap I us? don't know if I can. <laughs> um, what do we think about music? I Both love of these the movies are very focused on a curated selection of music, it seems like. I, I did make a note about that. Once again, am too good for the fun little indie soundtrack. <laughs> Both of them have the, vel- have the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. They had the Kinks, Buddy Holly, Bell and Sebastian, and... Bell and Sebastian is like... Underground. Yeah, Bell and Sebastian is very early 2000s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Moldy Pinches. I, um, shazammed when they were... When Juno brought Mark a bunch of CDs, Mm -hmm. I did shazam all the young dudes by Mott the Hoople. Yeah, Mott the Hoople. You didn't know Mott the Hoople? No. But if you, you can find it. you can find Mott the Hoople records a lot at used places. Or at least you used to. Mm-hmm. I don't because I, I would always like look through and I was like, oh more Mott the Hoople. Juno wrap ups. Yeah, Juno wrap ups. I think it's worth a watch. It's yeah. a cute, quirky little indie movie, but yeah. now I've realized it's actually, <laughs> actually kind of sad. <laughs> oh, I think I was gonna say something about that earlier. Like, I think it's kind of sad because it's like, like she's trying to act so cool about like, Psh, I don't care about this. Mm. Like, we're gonna adopt it, and it's gonna be like never happened. And like, look how cool. And and it's like that's probably like a defense mechanism to like right. oh, grow totally. attached. Mm. And it's like, so yeah, that is. Very sad. <laughs> okay, so I I give Gina like two stars. It was very I felt very exhausted watching it. Um, yeah, I watched it at home and I was just kind of like I was immediately like annoyed by like him just in the store just being like oh this is like your third test today. I was like oh my gosh okay the people in this world are just not gonna be for me. <laughs> um, all the stuff was just about like yeah like me and Bleaker like we had sex and he's so cool and I was like Ugh. <laughs> yeah so. I recommend I and I've recommended this recently but with it with Elliot Page and like yeah. Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. um, I think it's a much better like Elliot Page performance than Juno is Lady Bird I feel like Lady Bird That's on my list of recommends too is like a less annoying Juno or like a, it's more of Emery's time Juno yeah yeah and I feel like Lady Bird in it wishes she was maybe kind of like Juno mm-hmm. like especially when she's like talking to like Timothy Chalamet's character and she's like yeah i'm gonna like kill your whole family (laughs) then he's like okay i haven't seen this one but it's also about like abortion obvious child with Mm -hmm. jenny slate i think she like gets pregnant and is trying to decide whether she's like ready to have a kid or is gonna have a kid and then eighth grade by bo burnham Mm, yeah yeah that one to me was more relatable where I felt more like I was like did Bo Burnham like 
point? Plagiarize my life? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, so those are my recommendations. Just kind of women and gals trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three. I don't think it's for me. But I do think that for people who grew up at a specific time, that that's one of those movies where people connect with the character in a way that's like, I wish you are saying what I wish I could say. You always know what to say, you know, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Like, I feel like there's a place for that. It's just not a place in my heart. So with that in mind, I'm going to give some other recommendations of some other cool gals and guys who are of a different time and place, but may also kind of have the same sort of feel. Mm. So my so-called life. Mm. Ghost World. Oh, I haven't seen Ghost World. Very on brand with this kind of okay. vibe. And like Steve Buscemi's in mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Of course, Lady Bird. This is a book and also a movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I read the book because I was a teen librarian at the time. Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Mm. Good mm -hmm. movie. Right? And I feel like that is a little bit older than, but I still feel like it's kind of of the time, yeah. right? Cat Dennings uh, is always fun. Mm -hmm. And this is only a book series, but it's a very like, if Juno were an 80s California punk rocker with some magical realist vibes, it would be Francisca Leah Block's Sweetsy Bat series, which is an amazing... Don't know any of the words you just said. <laughs> There's an author named Francisca Leah Block, and she wrote a book called Sweetsy Bat, which is kind of like a punk fairy tale. Okay. And she has this world that's kind of Lo Los Angeles, but kind of fantastical around the edges. Like, are they on drugs? Is is this real or not? Like, it's just kind mm -hmm. of very ephemeral kind of feel, mm -hmm. but it has a very verbal, biting, bit, cool gal feel to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. 80s and early 90s. And those are my recommendations. One of mine was eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good one. And then my other one would be Scott Pilgrim versus the world. If yeah. you like that kind of like quirky, dialogue y, dry kind of humor. I like that one a lot. And I, it's probably like because the it's like mostly the guy's point of view. And mm -hmm. like, so I don't know. What's your rating for Juno? It's a four out of five for me. Okay. Yeah, it is in my. You can give it a five out of five if you feel so inclined. I only save that for very. Oh. oh. Okay. But it's a four. So we have four. to one day find, find out elusive five. five. Where yeah. there will be blood is a five for me. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's probably my one of my top five movies of all yeah. time. It's an amazing movie. I told I told the I told Emily her list was like mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's in her ring. Yeah. Or she's been listening into our conversations or something. There might, I don't know if it made it onto a podcast, but I know I de have definitely said in here before, I reenact There Will Be Blood, like, in the shower all the time. <laughs> like, I'm just constantly like, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. And I'm just, like, constantly screaming, like, Daniel Day-Lewis's lines. Love like, in the Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so good. All right. Well, anything else? I think Any burning? Yeah. Thank you That's for it. joining. Yes, thank, thank you for joining us, Emily. You'll probably be on here a lot in the future. In the future, that sounds great. That's it for this episode of Watch Out. Follow Helen Hall Library on all the things: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out Emery's blog for more movie reviews, personalized recommendations, updates on our in-person movie events, and past and current episodes of this podcast. Yay! Thanks, you guys. Yeah, you you had me second guessing whether or not I was actually. Recording. I thought we were just rehearsing. <laughs> oh no no, uh uh, we're good, we're going. Oh, we start recording and yeah yeah. yeah we're um, 
make sure you're nice to your mom. And I was like, oh, I can't guarantee anything. Oh my <laughs> it's gonna be hot. We're gonna be moving. I can't guarantee it. Like, it's sorry. gonna be like, hot. Yeah, like it goes out the window. Like, if she's saying dumb stuff, she's gonna get a dumb response. I don't know what to tell you. And like, like every time, like, yeah, we're still moving, Kelsey. Make sure you're being nice to your mom. And I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah. Click over here, and they're like. How do I click over there? I'm like, we're gonna take the point, you're gonna drag your pointer. So this is a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are what are feelings about Brittany now that she's out of the conservatorship? I'm happy that she's for doing? free Brittany. Free yeah. Brittany. Post all those naked photos you want on Instagram. Yeah, Brittany. do what you want. Is yeah. she doing that anywhere though? Yeah, she like, oh, I thought she got she, out like, of the conservatorship and was immediately just like nude on Instagram and then like would like post like twenty of the same picture just like Well let's talk about the angle at which she films all of her dance videos. I don't get it. Don't it's like someone's like doing the phone like this. Yeah. Uh, it's only sees her chest? No, it's her whole body. Oh. But she just looks like tilted. Yeah. Because of the camera. I don't know, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, I feel like you have to have like Walkman is very upbeat. Like mm. you're you're like walking. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. you wouldn't be listening to like something very like sad on a Walkman. Mm. <laughs> a Walkman cannot be sad. Backwards walking. You can yourself. be using a portable CD player with little earmuff headphones and just sobbing. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> that seems very sad to you. I need to throw out there that Juno's a ripoff mm. because at the very end when her and Bleaker, what's his name? Michael Sarah. Mm -hmm. But when her and Bleaker are singing, that is a ripoff of Oklahoma. You're a part-time lover and a friend. Mm -hmm. Okay, when I take you out with Surrey on the fringe on top. <laughs> that's that song. See, they couldn't even write an original song. No, that's that song. <laughs> I'm just saying. 